This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Getsy Health Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hey, Tristan's voice is back a little bit. So. Of, this is going to be weird for everybody because last week's episode, I had no voice. Like none. <laughs> now it's kind of back. But next week's, it's going to be totally gone again. You think so? Well, because we already recorded. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> we already recorded stuff. And yeah. so so you guys are going to get like the whole like up and down of Tristan's <laughs> voice. And it's it's OK. It'll be an adventure for all of us. <laughs> it will. You guys, we have. Oh, my gosh. Such an amazing, amazing guest on our podcast today. I am so excited to be recording with her. We have Gina Warfel. She is a registered dietitian. She works in the industry of like mindset around food and why we tend to self-sabotage. And she gets really deep and like really deep into the nitty gritty of, you know, these triggers that we have around food. And anyways, I'm going to have her introduce herself. So Gina. But, but real quick. Yes. For us to bring a dietitian on the show, we, <laughs> we have to really, really, really love them. Right. And Gina is absolutely the greatest dietitian she, that we have ever met. Really? And we love Aww. her dearly. We do. So Gina, welcome. Introduce yourself and tell everyone why you're so amazing and why we're just so in love with you. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Yeah, it was so funny because that definitely brings me back to the moment that I met Tristan and he said, oh, you're one of those. You're a dietitian. You're one of those. Did you say that? No. And it was so great that we just immediately had this amazing banter all about food and health. And I feel like, gosh, we've just been so connected ever since. And I I'm so grateful to be here. So thank you for that, for that introduction. You know, I, I definitely love the the nitty gritty nutrition and the science. And now yeah. I've just expanded so much more um, into like how our mind and connecting with our bodies actually influences our food choices. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what's really cool. Gina has this amazing newsletter that you all want to get onto. Yeah, her. like sign up for but, it. But her stuff is still research-based. Right. We, we love that because mm-hmm. we work in a world where there's a whole bunch of people that are just throwing stuff out there that feels intuitively right. And it might be, but they don't necessarily have the data backup to support what they're saying. Right. And, and Gina yeah. does that all the time in your newsletters. And I absolutely love it. Gina, mm. do you remember when we first met? Cause I will never, it's like seared in my brain. Do you remember the conversation we had or no? Oh yeah. You do? Oh, yeah, I do. I feel like as soon as we, we met, we were just like totally connected and super excited talking. I mean, we just jumped right in talking on health and, and I loved hearing about just you and Tristan. And I think one of the things that I, that stuck out for me so much is as soon as I met you, you couldn't wait to tell me about how amazing Tristan is. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't like, remember that, yeah. but that's really that's sweet. no, but I remember like, I remember we were talking and I'm like, what do you do? Like, what do you do for work and stuff? And you're like, well, I do mindset around food. I'm like, no, you do. I do nutrition too. And you're like, I love nutrition and I love healing and I love helping people heal. I'm like, and I said to you, can we be friends in real life? Like real friends that like text each other and talk to each other. I fell in love with you. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you on here. So tell us a little bit about like when you finished studying and like how you got into this, like, because what you're doing is so niche and 
registered dietitians aren't doing what you do. How did you gravitate towards this work of like the mindset and the triggers and the emotional or the somato emotional aspects around food and healing? Yeah, well, I became a dietitian in 2012 when I went to, I studied at Eastern Michigan University. They have an amazing dietetics program there. And I thought the more knowledge I have, the better I can help people. I was so excited to just teach people about food and get them inspired and change their lives. So I did my undergrad in dietetics and then I started working and taking on some clients and um, it was going pretty good. I I was kind of just getting my feet wet in the industry and trying to put together meal plans. And I was like, you know, I I think I can help people more. I should go get my master's degree. So then I got my master's degree in human nutrition and I continued to keep going to conferences and reading and learning more. And so I opened up a private practice um, back then and I started taking on clients and I was so excited. I was giving them these meal plans and, you know, I was taking into consideration like what foods do they like and all aspects of their health and considering, you know, do they have a healthy gut and how are their hormones doing and are they getting the right nutrients? And Mm -hmm. I started going down this rabbit hole of more and more science and thinking that the more knowledge I had, the better I could help people. Right, right. And what was so interesting is my clients would come in, they'd tell me all their wins. They'd be like, yes, I did it. I drank my water. I ate my veggies. I da, da, da. But then something would happen where life would get challenging and they would start to lose it. It'd kind of be like they were, you know, on a roller coaster and they were actually, the energy I got from them was like, they were holding on to a roller coaster and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh my God, I'm not doing it. Oh my God, I'm doing terrible. Mm-hmm. And then when they were really struggling, they would come back into my office and it would be like confession. Yes. And they were, and they would tell me all the bad things that they did and all the bad things that they ate. And we'd, and I'd be like, okay, well, let's figure out what's going on. Let's set some more goals again. And even if I broke it down to very bite-sized manageable goals, like maybe one or two things a week, it still would happen where they would circle back around to right where they were at. And it was like these cycles of on and off. And so I was so anti-fad diets, but even though I was giving them like healthy balanced plans, like I felt like I was the same. And I was just wondering like, well, what am I doing here? Like, And I would ask other dietitians and, you know, what is everybody doing? How are you keeping your clients on track? And the only response that I would get is your job is to give them the information. Mm -hmm. It's their job to decide if they want to work into their life or not. It's up to them. And I do believe there's some truth to that, but if that's what all of my clients are doing and they can't do it, there's something wrong. Exactly. So it really, it peaked like a fascination with like what is happening in our brains Mm -hmm. and in our bodies that we cause self-sabotage. Yes completely change the course of the way that I do my work. And I love that because, you know, I I love that you use the word confession because that's what it feels like. And whenever I consult with people, Mm -hmm. people have this shame, you know, around food. And I have to remind them, this is a safe space. I am not going to judge you here. There's no judgment. And this is the culture that we've created around the health industry of like, oh, you just weren't strong enough. And that's absolutely not true because there's the emotional triggers. There's the chemical triggers. Like we are literally working against our chemistry, which you're going to dive into a little bit later with the stress response. But like, I love that you have created this niche in a world that needs it so badly because we don't want to be 
the confessional. We don't want to be the, the space where people feel shame and they don't want to do their follow-ups with us anymore because they're too scared to. Exactly. Right. Oh, like, exactly. And that's what, when my clients were struggling, they would start to avoid me and start canceling yes. their sessions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, but this is the time that I should be your team player. Like you should feel safe with me. This yes. is when you need me the most. And so it almost became like this accountability where they made an appointment when they were doing good and they wanted to show off their wins mm-hmm. and they avoid to me when they needed support the most. And I was like, wait a second, something is broken here and I can't keep doing this the same way. Right. Right. Exactly. So what did you start shifting and changing? And did you start noticing a difference with your clients, like being consistent with their appointments, having less shame? Like what was the thing that changed everything for you that you did? You know, it was really interesting because I realized that at the same time, the way that I was coaching my clients, I was actually also treating myself the same way. And I was holding on to this like willpowering, you know, if my clients should have a super perfect, healthy diet, I should be the same and I need to willpower my way through it. And what happened was I hit a really challenging life shift where I had a business with my sister. We had a corporate wellness company together and we decided to stop working together. And it was so devastating to me. Like it just, it really, it was so hard. It was so devastating to both of us that we decided to not work together. And just so many life shifts happened at that time. And I went into a really sad kind of dark place that I was not, I was not in this great vibrant, energetic, motivated, rah-rah cheerleader place. And for the first time I realized, like I understood so deeply how my clients felt. And I was like, oh, wait a second. This is what it's like when you are in such a survival state or your life shifts or your emotional health shifts. And food, it's not easy to be like, yes, I want to nourish myself and it feels good. And, and there's, I realized there's so much more to us as human beings. And so part of it was starting to heal and connect with my own body. And I think that it was such a hard time. I didn't want to be connected to my body anymore. And there were so many just emotions and feelings, and I didn't want to connect to my body for a few years. And one day I realized like, I don't know what my body is telling me anymore. And I was trying to use external diets, you know, being a dietitian, I'm very curious, like, should I be vegan? Should I, you know, try a keto style? And I do believe that different styles of eating can be used therapeutically in different, you know, settings, but I was trying so hard to force something external to make me healthy. And it, I felt like I was actually on the same roller coaster that my clients were on of like, I was doing it and then I wasn't, and I didn't understand my body and what it was trying to tell me. So I actually had to start by having this surrender with myself and going through this journey of learning how to connect and listen to my body. And when I started to do that, I noticed that like I actually had more freedom in my body than I ever had. So even though I used to have a ton of motivation and I had all of this knowledge and motivation, 
I still felt like I was on that roller coaster that my clients were on of where I was like, you know, if you ever feel like you've really had to do something and you like her and you got to like gear up this motivation and Mm -hmm. you're like, I got to toughen up here. And that's how I was all the time revving up my adrenaline and like, her, you can do it. You, you know, it's like whoever has the most willpower wins. And it was just a horrible way to live my life. Right. So I really couldn't start shifting the way that I worked with people until I actually did it for myself. Well, and that kind of mindset around food isn't natural. It's not like that takes so much mental and emotional energy in a world where we have zero bandwidth, right? Like we don't have any extra emotional and mental bandwidth anymore. So to harness every iota of like leftover energy towards like, Ugh, I have to do this. Like I always yeah. say that when, when you are coming from a, I have to mindset, you're trying to domesticate your body. But when you come from a mindset oh, yeah. of, I want to, I get to, that's when it comes from a space of love and like self-empowerment. And so it's that, like you said, it's that mind shift of like really being centered in your body and understanding it and, you know, kind of loving it into healing again versus Versus like forcing it and submitting it to, to healing. There's something that I posted on Instagram that I want to share really fast where I mentioned you cannot heal a body you're constantly at war with. It's like trying to heal a relationship with someone you are determined to despise. And so, right, like we can't, we can't just be like, oh, my body's so broken, but I'm going to force you to heal. You know, I right. think it's having that getting underneath the subconscious messaging of, okay, I'm broken. I'm broken. No, I'm not broken. I'm worthy of healing. Mm -hmm. I get to heal. I want to heal. I'm excited about healing. Okay. Let's start implementing these healing processes. Right. Mm -hmm. But also getting over those messages. And maybe you can talk about this further later on, but the messages of eating healthy is not fun. Eating healthy is boring. Like pigging out during holiday seasons is what we're supposed to do because that's fun. Mm -hmm. And what I tell people is like, we've gotten to a point where I just, I love eating healthy food. I look forward to eating healthy food. I can't wait to eat healthy food. My body craves healthy food. It's so rewarding. And so it might take some time and it might take some practice, but that area of the world does exist where you look forward to it. You crave it. You can't wait to eat it. Right. And it just takes like tons of grace for yourself, a lot of learning trial and error, and just coming from a space of love. Like, Oh, you know what? I, I might not have done really great this week, but that's okay. Cause there's always next week. And we're, we just yeah. keep practicing and practicing. That's what it is. It's a practice, right? Like mm. I'm still practicing my healing journey. Tristan's still practicing his healing journey. What are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tristan's like, I'm, no, I'm not I, done. I've reached my destination. I'm good. <laughs> but I, I do think there's a flip side to that same practice that we may not like it as much, but using the negative right. to get ourselves into a, a different mindset can be beneficial mm-hmm. where we know we were always talking about the cravings and the immediate gratification that comes from eating bad food. But there's also a very real downside to eating those foods that we're all very aware of, but we're not very good at bringing that into the present moment when the mm-hmm. craving hits us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then we start putting these really delicious but maybe not so beneficial foods onto a pedestal and not catching the, well, wait, if I do this, then what are going to be some of the negative consequences? Oh, I might wake up feeling really, really, really bad tomorrow. Or Mm -hmm. I might 
um, get a really bad stomach ache an hour after I eat it, right? And then those things, while they shouldn't be our, our primary motivation, they are very real motivators. And the psychology does show that they can be more powerful than the positive things that we, that we chase with the healthy eating. Yeah, for sure. And I think that with every craving, there's so much to learn about it because yeah. it is actually when we get a craving, it's actually just your body telling you, Hey, there's something that I really need. Yeah. So what's so interesting is like, what I found is that when I told people what to eat, when I gave them meal plans, when I gave them recipes, when I told them eat this food because of this and that, they had the mindset that you were just saying about how like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to eat healthy or healthy is boring. Like they had this kind of resistance to it. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't even give people meal plans anymore. I don't, you know, of course I'm, I'm all about like giving, you know, education on nutrition, but really when you can connect with your body and ask yourself, how do I want to feel? Then it becomes empowering instead of disempowering and you Mm -hmm. can be in choice. So the way that I approach it is that it's never about, oh, if you connect with your body, you can learn how to eat perfect forever and you'll have enough willpower to eat perfect forever. It's actually about just checking in on your body and questioning, like, does this food serve me right now? Is this what I really want? Yeah. And then you're in choice. Mm. And it's so much more empowering when you're in choice versus on this autopilot. And I think that that's where the struggle of cravings come in is that most people are actually running all of their decisions on autopilot from their subconscious. It's like their subconscious is what's driving these eating decisions. And then when they come to me, they end up, you know, in this despair of where they're like, I don't know why I can't do this. I, I just need more willpower. I need more willpower. And the problem is it's actually not more willpower that they need. They need to understand their bodies yeah. and why is their brain telling them, I need to have this food. I need right. to have this. Yeah. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. So one of the reasons why their body is like, I need to have this, I have to have this is potentially, you know, they're just an autopilot and they're not coming from choice. What are some other reasons that you see, you know, like we mentioned the stress response, like what are mm-hmm. some of these other reasons when people start really like diving deep into their why? What are those whys that you mm. see oftentimes that some people that are listening right now can start pondering on? Yeah. So I'll break down what made such a massive difference for all of all of my clients and for me personally. Like this is actually the when I learned the science, I didn't feel so bad about cravings. You know, if you are the kind of person who gets cravings and you're trying to willpower your way through it and then you give in and then you beat yourself up and you're like, dang it, I swore I wasn't going to do that. And you just end up in this cycle. It's just because you don't understand yet how your physiology works and Mm -hmm. how your body is trying to protect you. So I'd love to um, break this down of why this happens. So if you ever feel like, you've had a really good day, maybe the sun is out, you're in a good mood. Do you ever notice that on a day like that, it's way easier to like eat the salad and, you know, stick to your goals. Like it's so much easier when you're having a great day, right? Yes. 
So then all of a sudden something like a switch might flip and all of a sudden you have these like uncontrollable cravings or maybe you make a decision, even if it's not uncontrollable, you just make a decision and you're like, shoot, I didn't mean to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens is normally when you're in that calm, relaxed state, that's your prefrontal cortex in your brain that's in charge. That's what's responsible for the executive decision making. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of willpower. It's really easy to eat healthy or calm. Whenever your body gets this signal that there's a little bit of a stress or a warning or some some information that there's a stress going on, it actually activates a different part of your brain. That's called your amygdala. Uh, we know this is, it's called like your fight or flight brain, your survival, you know, your survival part of your brain, yep. that it's one and only job is to keep you safe if there's a threat. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it actually shifts your body's physiology to go into more of like this survival state. Mm-hmm. So you might start noticing that when you have cravings, how is your body's state changed? Is your breathing getting really shallow? Yeah. Are you starting to get tense and closed off? Yeah. Did your attention go up into your head? Some people will almost feel the shift of where they're like in this animalistic, like primal state of they are like zeroed in on the indulgent food that they want. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if, you know, anybody gave them that perfect plan, that piece of paper is out the window. They're like, nope, this is the food I'm going for. Can I share like a great example of this? Like I just, okay, I'm sorry. Cause this is so perfect. As you're talking about this, I'm like the past couple of days I've been craving junk food and I, that is not like me. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is happening? My children have been waking me up extra early. And Mm -hmm. so it puts me in this stress response and then I'm grumpy and I'm grumpy throughout the day and I'm exhausted. And I like, as you were talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why. Cause I'm not sleeping. My kids are waking me up extra early now, earlier than usual. And we know when we don't sleep, we don't heal properly. And when we're not sleeping properly, like cortisol goes through the roof, blood sugar goes up, you know? And so, with with that insulin spike, we start craving more and more sugar because now we're just running off of fumes and anxious Mm -hmm. energy. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's why. And I'm like, where am I in my cycle? Like, I don't normally Mm -hmm. crave chocolate like this during my cycle. Like, why am I wanting to buy all the junk food? And it's because my body is exhausted, right? And like, it's taking on extra stress. And so, yes, so not even sleeping well, you know, people that have sleep issues or they have newborn babies or, you know, that totally makes sense. And obviously other things too, like work or school. I mean, how many people are college students listening to this? They're up until two in the morning trying to study for exams. Yeah. They're, they're going to want to drink chocolate milk in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Like, so that totally makes sense. So anyways, spot on. I mean, you You've, you've totally got it. And so what I have everyone do is be your own research project instead of beating yourself up, because this is, it's actually just our body's own built in survival mechanism, but you can be way more strategic when you know what your body's survival mechanism is doing. And then you can be like, Oh, okay, I get it. Instead of falling for the same cycle. Mm -hmm. So when I can start to learn okay, what is this information that my body is getting? So when I would get bad cravings in the past years ago, I would be like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm getting these cravings 
right in the middle of the day. And I would get swept away with like the, the drama of it of like, Oh, I get these cravings. and I don't know why. But when I learned, Oh, it's just a different part of my brain that's working. Cause I'm in a stress response. Mm-hmm. So for me, a lot of the time it would be like when I would hit a roadblock with work and I would start to stress about it mm-hmm. and then it would kind of trigger this change in my body. And for some people that could be, yeah, it could be when your kids, you know, get you all stirred up or it could be after you've had a long day at work. It could even be boredom. So boredom is actually a stress to the brain. It's like a lack of stimulation. So for some people that's like boredom while they're at work and they just, you know, you might not be like, oh my gosh, I'm in this animalistic honed in craving response, but you could be like, man, why do I get so snacky when I'm at work? And Mm -hmm. I feel like, hmm, that's when I really want some chips or something sweet. It's really because that boredom is actually a stress. So your brain is like, hey, we need something to to feel good. And the lack of sleep is a major one. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So when you understand that your body is just in this survival state, instead of saying, okay, how do I get more willpower and continue to go head to head at war with my body's own built-in survival mechanism instead of trying to go to war? Like if you ever feel like you've had to fight a craving and you're like putting on your war paint. Yes. (laughs) If you ever feel like that, take a different approach. It's not about like, how do I put on my war paint and see if I win? It's how do I surrender and get my body out of that survival fight or flight state. Right. And to have listeners know, like a lot of times cravings do come from like nutritional deficiencies. I do tell a lot of my clients, if you've been craving chocolate a lot, chances are you're low in magnesium. So just start supplementing magnesium like crazy, like get minerals in. I, that's why I recommend the superior minerals like crazy because mm-hmm. not only do they taste nice and sweet because they're sweetened with stevia, but they give you a ton of trace minerals, which a lot of people are super depleted on. So you could have mineral deficiencies too, but yeah. yes, like if you are like addressing all of those things and you are recognizing that stress equals food cravings. Yeah. Address that as well. So look at all the things. Yeah. I love that you brought that up too, because there are so many factors that are the influence cravings. It's definitely not just a stress. Um, it could be, you know, we all know shifts in hormones can trigger cravings. Yes. We know that the nutrient deficiencies, even, you know, blood sugar imbalances and blood sugar swings can create those cravings. I, I do see a lot of people who not everybody, but there are some who practice intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and then it gives them cravings later on in the day when they start eating again. And so, it's not so much that there is one right or wrong answer with a craving is triggered by this one thing, but it's a process of self-discovery of like, how do I learn to listen and honor my body better? Mm -hmm. And if I get a craving and let's say if I'm checking my nutrients and I, you know, I'm doing all of the things and I'm taking care of, I'm checking on my hormones and, and I'm wondering like, why am I getting these cravings still? It's actually leaning into that craving instead of trying to suppress it and fight it. it. I really love that. So yeah, where a lot of people go wrong is they're like, okay, let me fight this craving away and make it disappear. And what happens is the craving pops back up again. It's Mm -hmm. like, as soon as you beat it down, it pops back up again. And it pops up with like vengeance. (laughs) Like it comes back like more aggressively. Well, and you've literally (laughs) depleted your willpower. So Mm -hmm. your ability to fight it when it comes back is that much lower. Right, right. 
I, I feel like it's that game where you have to like hit the gopher on the head and then it mm-hmm. just pops up in another hole and you're like, dang it. And you're yeah. just chasing it. <laughs> so the one thing that has made a massive difference is to lean into that craving and being curious with it and asking it like, okay, this craving could be my greatest teacher. It's trying to tell me something about my body. Mm -hmm. So it could be that it's trying to tell you like, Hey, I am really tired and it's showing up as a craving or I leaning into like, what am I actually getting out of having food Mm -hmm. instead of trying to restrict it? Asking yourself, what is the good feeling I'm trying to get from it? Or maybe, you know, maybe it's been a really long, stressful day and I just need to find ways to love on and nurture myself. What is this is sorry, uh, what is that acronym? That acronym of like, am I hungry, tired, stressed? The one that everyone talks about is HALT. Halt. But the one I like better Mm, is actually SHELT B because it includes stressed, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and bored. Yeah, so so when you are having that craving, am I what what are they like stressed, ask yourself, am hungry, I stressed? Am I hungry? Am I angry? angry lonely, lonely? Tired? Tired? Bored? Bored? Like just ask yourself that, like which one is it? Like you said, become your own research project. So when you are leaning into that craving, do Schult B and ask yourself like, which one is it? Like which emotion is it? And how can I address this emotion with, yes, maybe with nutrition, but maybe like if it's boredom, like go and do something fun, you know? There's also, there's a really good lesson in that acronym, which is the hungry one. Because if you wait until you're hungry to start planning what you're going to do, Mm. The odds of you making a wise decision that you'll be proud of later Mm. go down dramatically. So just a little bit of planning ahead of time. And it can be as simple as making sure that you've got healthy snacks around can save you from a lot of stress later on. You don't have to necessarily have a a big, delicious, healthy meal prepared already, Mm -hmm. but making sure that the options available to you are better. Like your your most favorite beef sticks or like some fruit laying around or carrots Mm -hmm. or, you know, nut butter and crackers or something. And and no Cheetos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's spot on. I mean, it, it is really all about seeing yourself as your own research project and saying, where's my downfall? Is it a stress response? Is it because I'm not prepared and I let myself get hungry and Mm -hmm. then I hit that point of, you know, I call it the zombie attack where like you all of a sudden you get so hungry and you like lose all rationality. My blood sugar is low. I need food right now and Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. And or, you know, is it a deficiency? It's really being, seeing yourself as your own research project. And then you can be like, okay, let me figure this out here. My body is, you know, we're not quite in sync right now. Let me help, you know, let me help myself out. Is what I'm doing very skillful and helpful? Or am I just beating myself up and bashing myself Mm -hmm. and just kind of reaffirming up like, this is who I am. You're never going to do it. You always get cravings. And that's where I see people really stuck in the cycle Mm -hmm. is they're just on this autopilot and they're stuck in this fight or flight response, or they're just stuck in their habits and patterns Mm -hmm. and they just can't get out. And this is a great time where they start researching themselves and then they come to someone like you to discuss like, hey, this is how we can get around this, right? Because that's where, you know, a health coach or a dietitian or a nutritionist can really help you create a a really incredible nurturing game plan that incorporates nutrition and lifestyle changes that take 
good care of where we need to meet you at emotionally, right? And physically. Yeah, what I just want to say is it's it's really fun when the way that they work with me is so fun. I love to ask them questions like, what did you learn about your body this week? And then I don't have to, you know, of course I'm here as the resource. If they're like, Hey, is this healthy? You know, should I eat this? Should I avoid that? Um, I'm definitely here as a resource for things like that. Um, but what is the most fun is when I can ask them, what did you learn about your body this week? Yeah. And they'll tell me all about, you know, how their body communicated to them. What do they practice? And what I love to do is quote unquote failure, you know, mm-hmm. lean into this idea of failure because the failure or where they have challenges or where they mess up, where normally they might have been shamed for it their whole yeah. life, you know, by yeah. society, we talk about like, Ooh, let's dig into the struggle. That's the good stuff. Yeah. That's where you learn the most about yourself. Yeah. And then that launches you forward into growth. Cause you're like, Oh, I get me now. I get mm-hmm. why I do that. Let me come up with a new strategy and practice. And so it's a lot of um, working with me is actually a lot of empowerment on their end because they're questioning what is my body trying to tell me and teach me and what is working and what is not working? I love that. You know, like it's, it's so different from the shut up and eat your salad to, right. okay, what, what are we, what are we discussing today about ourselves body? Like let's check in with each other and, and converse with each other. Like, I think that's so beautiful that that's where you start and in a healing journey, like, yes, let's talk with the body and not yell at the body and force it to do things that it's funny that we come in and we're like, I know better than you. And the body's like, actually, I'm this really ancient, like <laughs> massive piece of incredible DNA. I know what I'm doing and I'm sending you really intelligent messages that you're you've never listened to right like how funny is that when you think of it in in like in that context is there do we have time to talk about emotional triggers with food and how to attack those because a lot of my my followers and a lot of our listeners they say but you know these are traditional foods that like we bond over and we around Thanksgiving time and Christmas time, people love the cookies and the breads and the cakes. And and they're like, I can't give this up because of tradition and I can't da, 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 da. How do you address that with your clients? And what are some tips that you could give our listeners? Because again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? How would you address that kind of question with your clients? Yeah, that that's so great. And I always love my clients to be in choice. So I give them a couple different options. And, you know, on one hand, I have some people who are like, I love the tradition. I don't want to give this up. Like, this is what makes my life so rich and wonderful. And it's amazing. And then you have some people who are like, Ooh, this is really a problem for me. And so I will, I will never tell somebody like, Nope, you have to move from, you know, your traditional, Italian pasta to zucchini noodles. And that's how you have to be healthy. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I also won't say you have to keep tradition as is if you're trying to change either. So I think it's really about coming back to yourself and asking if I want to keep the tradition, maybe I want to keep grandma's recipe. How can I practice really making it a practice, eating it mindfully so that I'm with my family and we're really tasting all of the flavors. We're enjoying it and, you know, we're having it and then we're moving on and we're making the focus about bonding and being together. And that was, it was so fun to hear one of the wins from 
uh, someone in my Mastering Mindfulness program, that she had said it was such a great Thanksgiving this year because every year she had the mindset of like, am I going to go all in or am I going to, you know, be good this year, quote unquote, good this year. And she had this like fight between it was like one or the other. And it was so fun to hear about her experiences. She's like, this year I decided I was going to indulge in what I really loved and, and have it and have that tradition but my focus was really going to be about spending time with my family and really connecting with them. It wasn't all lasered in about the food, the food, the food, and the more I eat, the better holiday I have. Mm -hmm. And so she got to really experience that food and that tradition more. And then you have some people who are like, oh my gosh, I would love to take my family's traditional pasta and then maybe put a healthy spin on it. And now I can, you know, have it and it feels better in my body. I don't feel so bloated. My energy is better. And I'm totally getting that, that fix, you know, for mm -hmm. myself of what I really love. So I would ask yourself, does making a change, does it feel like deprivation and restriction or do you feel inspired to maybe put a healthy spin on it? Mm -hmm. If it feels like restriction and deprivation, indulge in, in what you really love and make it a practice to connect with your body where you're really a part of the experience. You're not just, you know, having a box of grandma's cookies that you're popping one at a time while you're watching a movie and you're not even right. really indulging and in experiencing it. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Well, and to remind listeners too, like, it's not like we have a holiday every single day, right? Yeah. And so being in choice and being very mindful that this is the day where we celebrate and I'm going to celebrate either all out mm -hmm. or I'm going to rein it in a little bit and still enjoy myself. Like, but, but like you said, Thanksgiving doesn't have to be the next five days, you know? Yeah. And so I love the rule, like around the holidays, I think the biggest downfall is like a lot of people will go for like, Oh, they, they had all the pretzels and the snacks and the things. So I just love the rule. If you don't love it, leave it. Yeah. Yes. Because it's not that one Thanksgiving dinner that was really yummy. And then you had the piece of pie. That's not the one thing that you're like, Oh, those holidays ruined me. It was mm -hmm. that one dinner and that one dessert. Like, it's not that that's going to ruin, ruin everything. Right. It's like where the holidays turn into holla months mm -hmm. and you know, right. you're snacking on all the little things <laughs> and they add up. It's kind of like those little sneaky things, the little mindless munching that goes under the radar. Totally. It could add up and add up on the daily. And because it's not like the high alert warning, like everyone gets so freaked out about the pie, but nobody is really worrying too much about the chips and the pretzels and the snacks and the peanuts and all those little things that can actually be the biggest difference. So it's really about being more aware. It's, it's about awareness. And when you have awareness, then you're in choice. It's not about mm -hmm. having a rule of like eat this way or don't eat this way, but you are the one that is in choice. Mm -hmm. So you can check in on your body and say, is this something that I really want right now? Yeah. And meh, if I don't love it, maybe I'll leave it. Maybe I'll skip it. But yeah. if I love it, ooh, can I be present and indulge in, in the experience and, and then move on and be with family and that whole experience? I love that. You know, listening to this, as someone who has not traditionally had a very strong relationship with my body and who has kind of used the brute force method to be healthy, right, which is you just do it. You force yourself right. through it and you, you make it happen because it's the right thing to do. Um, what you're talking about today, in my mind, it, it feels very revolutionary because you're not really talking about nutrition. You're talking about 
like really deeply embedded psychological processes. Mm-hmm. You're talking about actually working through trauma. You're talking about healing a relationship with a body that maybe has never been good in mm-hmm. 37 years, just to throw out a number. <laughs> Almost 38. <laughs> Almost 38 <laughs> in five days. Um, but um, that, that to me is absolutely fascinating and and at the same time a little bit terrifying Mm -hmm. like to put myself into Mm -hmm. somebody's hands who is going to be pushing up against some of those really deep traumas Mm -hmm. and some of those really broken Mm -hmm. old relationships I really wouldn't be comfortable just trusting anybody with that Mm -hmm. so yeah it, it is really it is really interesting because this work, it's not for everybody. And some people are like, you know, I just want to have the meal plan and I don't want to connect with myself and I don't want to do the inner work that, that it requires. And that's okay. Everybody's not ready to be like, I'm ready to feel safe enough to go into my body and feel my emotions and my experiences. And all the, the role that I can play is to be that safe space and their guide to say, listen, you know, to be able to listen to their bodies and teach them the strategies of how to connect and listen. I can't be there as their psychologist or I'm not an expert on processing trauma, but some people, when they get to a place where they're like, okay, I'm ready to face some of these struggles that I've had. That's where I love bringing in professionals who I highly recommend anyone who is working through emotional health, whether they have a psychologist on their team or someone who can work through some of those challenges and those emotions. Oh, it's such an amazing compliment to the process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it's like, if you can, if you can be in a safe enough space to listen to what your body is telling you, what your emotions, what emotions maybe haven't been heard in a long time or seen or acknowledged. Um, it's so welcomed. And if you're struggling to do it on your, on your own, I mean, that's where it takes a, like it takes a village to keep us sane and healthy, you know, get a team. Right. I love that. And I I would add too that um, if you are on the market looking for somebody to help you with your nutrition, your health, it's totally fair in my opinion to demand that who you get is trauma informed. Mm-hmm. And that's not a term that a lot of people will throw out, but I think it's an extremely important concept that if this person is not familiar with how trauma and old tapes and old bad broken relationships play into your current health and nutritional issues, then they're going to really struggle to help you when it really gets down to those difficult, sticky spots. Mm-hmm. And I also think like what you've been talking about today, what a scary position to put back on other people. Like the responsibility is now in your hands to get centered in your body. Good luck. Right. And it's like, like that thought is probably really terrifying to a lot of people. Right. Because they, they've never been taught this, this language of the body. No one's taught them Mm -hmm. body intuition. No one's taught them signs and symptoms and what they mean. Like a lot of people are just figuring this out for the first time in their lives. Now they're in their like thirties, forties or fifties, you know? And all our bodies have ever wanted to do was to like help us, right? There's there's this quote that I posted yeah. on Instagram. It says, and I said to my body softly, I want to be your friend. It took a long Aww. breath and replied, I've been waiting my whole life for this. 
and oh, isn't that I just got goosebumps. right like isn't that so true like mm-hmm. our body just wants to be our friend like and we get to a point where we are so uncomfortable in our bodies and we are like we're in so much pain or discomfort or in dis-ease or disease and we think that our bodies are trying to like they're not our friend they've betrayed us they've mm-hmm. they've done us wrong right and so really all the body has done is try to tell us messages for years and years and years that oh, we weren't listening to. And now what you are telling us is actually we got to be centered in this pain first and we got to decipher what the message is and what are these codes that the body has been telling us before we get yeah. into the action or we, we right. get in, we, we decipher the codes and then get into action and they, they coincide together. Right. So, yeah. I mean, instead of like letting my body and my brain work together, I was like, Nope, body, I don't trust you. We're going to have my brain decide yes. what is the workout I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. What is the meal plan I should be eating based on science mm-hmm. and Everything was like, instead of my brain and my body working together, I don't want to say that it's, you know, pure body when sure the brain has some knowledge that we can work in and some really insightful information in there, but can they work together? So now I can wake up in the morning and say like, okay, body, what are you feeling today? How do you Mm -hmm. want to move? And then I never want to quit my activity because I'm like, oh, my body's telling me how it wants to move today. And I think at first there was a fear of like, well, if I listen to my body, I'll get lazy. But really Mm. like my body actually, when I really truly check in, my body actually doesn't want to be lazy all the time. Some days it's like, girl, we got to move. We got to run. We want to pick up some weights today, or we just need to stretch or, Hey, we need rest. And I never want to quit now because I'm listening to what my body is communicating. And same thing with my nutrition. Okay, body, what do you want to eat today with openness and curiosity? And, and then sometimes I'm kind of evaluating, Oh, that might not be exactly how I want to feel. And, I'm kind of letting them dance together because yeah, you're so spot on with since childhood, we were, we were taught, don't listen to your body. I mean, if anyone was, had a parent that was like, no, you cannot stop eating until you finished all your food on the right. plate. Right. One hundred. Most of us, unfortunately, it's like, thanks mom and dad. You told me not to listen to my body and instead mm-hmm. eat until all the food is gone. Or now we live in a, in a world where we have foods that are so overstimulating and so addictive that now yeah. we just go into addiction mode. Right. And that overrides everything, you know, foods that are like loaded with sugar, loaded with MSG, loaded with like the the hyper palatable, uh, the hyper palatable foods that now we can't even hear the message our body is telling us because we have these other addictive messages just blasting us 24 seven. It's like trying to listen to music at the level of six, but there's other music blasting at the level of like a hundred. Right. And the body is talking to us at a six, but we're eating foods at a hundred. And, and 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 so I think it's not that those, um, that, like getting meal plans is not the most evil thing in the world. No. I don't want to say that there's not a place for, you know, being on a certain therapeutic style of eating. Like maybe your body does really well with following a ketogenic diet or, or vegan or, mm-hmm. or a certain style of eating, or maybe you need to be on an elimination diet or something like that. It's not that these things are bad, 
but first listening to your body so that if cravings come up or you're struggling, you can really check in and connect with how is this doing with my body? Because you might mentally be like, oh, my body does really great on keto, but then you're not listening to the signals that maybe it's telling you it's not doing great or you don't know why you're getting cravings and you're sabotaging it. So it's like first build the connection, the relationship, and that all the choices that you're making are out of love, not an out of punishment or you're not doing good enough or restriction or deprivation, but connecting from a place of love. And then you can work in different styles of eating or, Mm -hmm. you know, different therapies. I'm sure nutrition is probably a lot of what you do in your practice too, Mm -hmm. of people being able to actually receive those recommendations because they're so connected with like, yeah, this is how it's working with my body and actually healing from a whole deeper level. Yes. And, and a question just to like, go back to the beginning, a question you guys can ask yourselves is, are you eating your, your meal plan from a place of, I have to, I have Mm -hmm. to do this. I have to like, you look at it and you're like, ugh, I have to eat this today. Or do you look at it and you're like, Oh, I get to, I love this. If you find that you're in the, I have to phase, that's a really great cute, like sign that you need to get more centered in your body and talk to it a little bit more and figure that yes. out, right? Like start researching. Okay. Why am I in a, I have to state, why is this not enjoyable for me yet? Like, where is the disconnect? Is it because I am missing out? Do I, I feel I'm getting FOMO with traditional foods or is it because I just hate chopping vegetables and that too, it could just be, you just hate chopping vegetables. And if that's the case, if it's something as simple as that, mm-hmm. hire someone to chop them for you. I always tell the moms, right. I'm like, <laughs> go to your church, find someone who is like 12 or 13, pay them eight bucks an hour, get a food chopper and have them chop all your, your vegetables for you. Like wash them and chop them. You're done for the week. It was eight bucks. You know what I mean? Problem solve, you know, like, by the way, if you don't get those vegetables prepped, you're probably going to end up tossing them out anyway, because they're going to go rotten and you'll have lost that eight bucks in produce. Yep. So that could be the thing. I hate chopping vegetables. I hate it. I like, Mm. I love cooking, but (laughs) don't Ask me to wash and like peel and chop. I want to die inside every time. She had to do that yesterday. I had to do that yesterday. I had to do that yesterday. Our babysitter couldn't come yesterday. And so I had to do all like the meal prepping and I know first world problems. Right. And, and, and I was grumpy and Tristan's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm exhausted. I had to chop vegetables today. So if it just takes like hiring someone twice a week to just chop up all your vegetables, if that's the message your body is telling you, like, I just hate this, then fine. Then problem solved. Perfect. What's the next message? What's the next yep, layer? That's your self-awareness right there. You're yes. like, that is my barrier to success. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do around it? Versus like, it would have never lasted if they were like, well, too bad, Johnny. Like you just right. need to chop vegetables every day and that's how you got to be healthy. Like right. what kind of a fight that would have been. Totally. And yep. then you fail. Like that's a, a recipe for failure, right? right? It's like, yep, you can't just push through that. Like, perfect. We found the answer. We problem solved next layer. What's the thing under the thing under the thing, yep. right? <laughs> so, yeah. So Gina, tell us a little bit about you have course, like how do people find you? How do they oh, but like, before we jump into that, oh, yeah. there's, there's one more aspect that we've hit it, but I want to hit it harder. And that mm-hmm. is trusting that your body knows what to do for yeah. itself. Right. Mm. Right. Um, and this is, this is a big one from my personal journey, right? That, um, to trust that your body can heal 
if it's given the right conditions and the right materials is so, so, so important. And that comes back to that relationship with your body and that being friends with your body, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing that I want to do this for my body because I love my body and I trust that my body is going to then take all this stuff that I'm giving it and it's going to create health with that. Yeah, That's a very, very beautiful thing and it can make the whole process so much less painful. Yeah. So, okay, now you can jump I in. I love that. No, I, I absolutely love that. And one thing that I love to hear was, I was listening to saying, talking about how we all have these innate instincts of how to care for our bodies. And like a squirrel, before a squirrel ever experiences its first winter in the mm-hmm. spring and summertime, it will intuitively know to go and collect nuts Mm -hmm. and go hide them and get food, gather food and go hide it um, for the winter. And it's never experienced a winter before, but it just intuitively knows. Now, if that little squirrel was up in his head and he's like, this doesn't make sense. I get nuts every day. Why would I hide these? He would die. (laughs) So it's like, we have this that we need to trust ourselves. And I think unfortunately with all of the information that's out there and like we said, the processed food and our emotions and all these things that deplete our nutrients, it gets really confusing and it's sometimes it can be hard. So I think it is like get yourself a team if you need one and don't feel bad about that. It's okay if you need help connecting to your body or looking deeper into your health and getting some labs done Mm -hmm. and, you know, don't feel like, Oh, I'm not trusting my innate instincts. Like it's okay to get a team because it is really hard and then trust and listen to your body and trust the process. I think that connecting with your body, it takes time, especially if maybe you've had 37 years of not really great connection. It might take time. It's a whole new, like, it's a whole new relationship that maybe you've never discovered before. Right. And it's not a moment that just happens and all of a sudden it's done. Right. It's, it's this repeated yep. process that you have to go back to over and over and over again. You have to practice it over and over and over again practice. to rewrite that 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 habit for sure um gina how do people find you you have courses online like how do people really dig deep into this if they are listening and they're like this is the thing like how do i get more of this thing how do they get this from you you have courses online you can do consulting like can you give us more details of those things Sure. I have some spotlight courses, some mini courses. If you're like, you just want to dabble and get your feet wet. You want to learn more about supporting your metabolism, or I have another course called conquering cravings. And these are just, if you are like, yeah, I want to dabble in this and see if this is, if I'm on track. Um, those are some courses that are up on my website, GinaWarfel.com, And I'm doing some special, real special deals for the holidays. For those who are like, I think this is for me. I am I'm all in. This is what I've been waiting for is a a deeper experience. I do have a coaching program. It's called Mastering Mindfulness. And that they can always find more information on my website, GinaWarfel.com, where you can apply there. But also, if you just want some more nutrition information, like we talked about, or you need some of these mindset shifts to keep you on track, I do that nutrition newsletter. I shoot it off every Sunday. You can always hop on it, hop off of it if you want, but it's just really great resources for healthy eating and having some mindset shifts. Sometimes I throw in some recipes, some ideas and inspirations in there too. And and sometimes some really awesome music too, by the way. Yeah, I do that every once in a while. Isn't it funny how music can just like change your state? Like I think for me, music has actually shifted my connection to my body and how I eat. It's crazy. I love that. So 
I, I've said this once before. I get a ton, a ton, a ton of email newsletters, and I delete all of them. There are two that I hang on to now. One of them is from Autumn from Paleo Valley, and the other one now is Gina's newsletter. I have never deleted a single one of them because every time I read, I'm like, that is good information. I need to keep that. (laughs) So you got to trust me on this. That means so much to me. I I really, it means a lot. And to be honest with you, the newsletter is a little bit of like selfish reasons because it keeps me like on my toes and interested of like digging for like, Ooh, what's some research about food and (laughs) nutrients. And I get so excited. And before I know it, I'm down this rabbit hole of spending like a full eight hour day writing this newsletter because I get lost in like, Ooh, this is a cool study. This is a really neat study. Mm -hmm. And then once I get down to how having this mindset shift, it's like my own inner journaling time. So it's, it's actually a really great way for me to like get inspired. And so thank you. That really means a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you guys, if you need more Gina in your life, GinaWarful.com. And if you want to be sent straight to the, the deal page, go to gutsy.ch forward slash Gina, G I N A. And if you follow that link, we'll make sure that you get exactly to the best information for how to jump into those mini courses. Tina, thank you so much. We This has been such a treat. And I hope listeners really resonated with this because, like I said, the past episodes, the past year and a half, like we've just been super cerebral about like mm-hmm. chemistry and food and this is how you eat it and this is when you eat it and this is how much you eat it. And this is like one of those episodes where it's like, okay, step back. Let's get centered a little bit more and then get heady, right? Like let's feel into our bodies. Yeah. Let's listen to what our bodies are telling us and not what Janique mm-hmm. and Tristan are telling us. Let's bring some heart into it. Yeah. Let's, let's talk it to the balance. heart now. It's everything. Right. Exactly. We need the Tristan and Johnny. We need the information <laughs> and, and I need it too. Um, yeah. But I love that where the, the heart and the brains, they meet each other. Yes, they do. So thank you for teaching us how to like drop into our heart space and um, really listen to ourselves and the, this ancient wisdom that our bodies have and try to share with us. So thank you. Thank you. Until next time, you guys, we love you all. Thank you for listening. Gina Warfel.com. That's how you can get more of her. Gina, what's your Instagram? It is Gina.Warfel, W-O-R-F-U-L. Perfect. Gina.Warfel on Instagram. Do you have any other platforms people can find you or just Instagram? You know, I'm I'm sharing things on Facebook sometimes, but um, that's pretty much it is Instagram um, and the newsletter. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you. And thank you listeners for checking in and giving us whatever stars and subscribing and just the love. We, we really love you guys and we appreciate you all so, so much. Thank you, Gina. Thank you everybody. We love you all. Goodbye. Thanks guys.